preaching out of a series, out of a book named James. Would you say that with me, James? James is a remarkable book after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's the book that I began to try to memorize. I didn't get through the whole book, but I did pretty good for a while. And it's a powerful, powerful, powerful book. As we understand that we, we believe it to be the brother of, of Jesus, James. And uh, it's called Dead or Alive is the series. But today I want to talk to you about the motives of the heart. How many of you know that your motives are very, very important? You know that, right? And so uh, I want to talk about chapter two today. We're going to really camp out on two different subjects in this book this morning. Uh, faith must have works in order for it to be faith. You got to have works. Got to have works. Faith does, faith moves. Faith heals, faith prays, faith witnesses, faith speaks, faith loves. If you don't have works, I would have to say you don't have faith. There was a single man who had a beautiful home, not married, just wanted to get help, helping him with this house. And he hired a, a lady to come in to help with all the cleaning, wa washing the windows and dishes and all of his clothes and what have you. And every week she did a great job, spick and span, and he paid her every week. One day he comes in on a Friday, he goes, wow, she's not just a good cleaner, she's pretty fine. <laughs> Ma'am, I know I hired you to take care of my house, but would you like to go out to dinner tonight? He goes, she goes, yeah, you know, both good looking people and, you know, it's both single and they go on a date and talk and like each other and continue to date. She continues to clean his house. He continues to pay for the cleaning. Before you know it, months go by, and he said, uh, would you like to get engaged? Sure, I, yeah, I fell, fall in love with you. They're now in love, and a month or two later, they get married. Guess what she does? She continues to clean the house, wash the clothes, dust, keep it immaculate, and he's not writing checks any longer. You know why? Because everything that belongs to him is now hers. The motives have changed. She cleans that house spick and span because she's madly in love with her man. And he has given everything to her because now they're in an intimate marriage relationship. We work, our works are not based out of trying to earn the love of the Father, get to heaven, or brownie points, or the favor of God. The favor of God is upon my life. I am loved. I have eternal life in Christ. 
No, my motives of my work is because I've been touched by the great affection of the Father and he's loved me and I'm crazy about him because he was first crazy about me. So I work. I work. But it's because of a certain motive in my heart because he first loved me. Can you have faith at all without works? No. Absolutely not. You can't. James says it. I love James because he'll just nicely kick your teeth in. James 2.20, but do you want to know, oh foolish man, done called the man foolish, oh foolish man, that w- faith without works is dead. Now you can have dead faith, Logan, dead faith is worse than no faith. Why? Because it was alive and now it's dead. It's dead because you didn't feed it, you didn't act upon it, you did nothing without it, you didn't do nothing with it, you didn't water it, you didn't step into it, you just let it die. If you don't use it, you lose it. I'd rather have no faith than dead faith. Lots of false beliefs, lots of false religions, cults, they all do everything out of works. And I'm not here to create legalism, works out of wrong motives, religion, all that stuff. You know me better than that. That's not what this is all about. This is about real faith. We're not talking about works as trying to obtain salvation or the goodness or the favor. I'm talking about works because your life, your heart has been touched by God and has been rejuvenated regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what you do is out of a motive because you're crazy about Jesus. Josiah, when he was, oh gosh, I, I'm in the Kings right now in my daily devotions and, and it's amazing. I love the, I, I just love reading, I mean, Second Chronicles and love reading about the King. And during the day of Josiah, he was an amazing King. You should read about the King. There's not a, there's not too many good Kings. Way more that was evil than that was good. But he's one of the good ones. And they found the book of the law and he had everyone gather. They read the book of the law. He says, we're going to keep the commands, but we're going to perform them. Say that with me, to perform. That perform, if you look in the Hebrew, it means to do. To do. We're going to do what the word of God says to do. If you, let me just give you an example of what dead faith looks like. Just very simple. J.O., I got dead faith for a minute. I got dead faith. J.O., we want you to preach this weekend. Okay, good, good, good. Not a problem. Crickets. Nothing. Because it's dead. It's dead. Ain't, ain't nothing coming out. There ain't no witnessing. There ain't no healing. There ain't no salvations. There ain't no nothing because the faith is dead. 
Joe, you could just really birth legalism, religion, and performance. I'm not here to do that. And don't you hide behind religion. Oh, I just don't want to do that because it looks religious. I don't want to do it because it's legalism. That's not what it's about. Let me just say this. You say, well, it's just all about grace, just grace, grace, grace. It's grace, 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 grace. It's all about grace. I don't need to do nothing. Well, you just don't do nothing in your marriage. Just go ahead, don't do nothing. Men, just don't do nothing. Just don't love on your wife. Don't ever give her a gift. Never have sex. Don't never kiss. Don't do none of that stuff. Don't do nothing in your marriage. Grace, grace. You know what it would be? It would be grave, grave. Because your marriage will be dead. It will die. It will shrivel up. Your faith is a lot like that. There's also words when it comes to our works and walking in the grace of God, words like being a disciple, obedience, faithfulness. If you swing so hard to the side to say everything's grace, grace, I want to let you know real, true, honest grace will turn into a very radical, beautiful, living faith. That's what, that's what grace will do in our lives. A faith that does not produce works. There is no great commission. There is no church. There is no declaration. There is no worship. There is no water baptisms. There is no gathering, no healing, no praying, nobody getting saved. Nations are not going to be reached. There's no missions gathering. There's no men's ministry. There's no women. There is no nothing if the whole church is operating in a dead faith. Faith without works is dead. Listen to this, this parable that Jesus spoke of. He spoke of uh, sheep and goats. I had a goat one time. I had one goat. Let, somebody let me borrow it. I don't know his name, but he was from hell. And I don't know how many demons a goat can have, but he had plenty. You don't think animals can have demons? I got news for you. I had a goat that did. I'd come home. His head was wrapped around the tree and just, eyes bugging. I'm like, man, somebody gave us a goat. Let us borrow it to eat blackberry bushes. You better just go cut down them blackberry bushes. Poison him. Don't get a goat. Don't get a goat. So I know why Jesus talks about sheep and goats. Huh, Ray Dean? The goat was from hell. Here's, here's, here's a little one verse, a couple verses here. Jesus is talking about sheep and goats. So what's, I, I want to be a sheep, baby. You definitely want to be a sheep. Listen to what it says. You could read the whole parable. I don't have time for that this morning, but there is a, a beautiful part of it. Then he also say to those on the left, you don't want to be on the left. I'm not talking about politics. See? <laughs> don't, you, don't you stink and email me. I did not mean that politically. Wow. You can't say nothing in Heart of the City Church. 
I just don't want to be on the left on this case. Because he said, you cursed into everlasting fire. Listen to those words. Depart from me. Cursed into everlasting fire. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the goats. Prepared for the devil and his angels. See, hell was not prepared for you. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. You just happen, will hit it wide open if you refuse to follow after Jesus. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. All it was that what separated the goats and the sheep was works motivated out of love, what they did and what they did not do. What are you doing today? What are you doing in your individual life? Joe, I'll just, my faith is, you know, my faith is always just declared. I'll just speak my faith. And that's, that's my faith. I'm just going to say my faith. And there is a place of the, your faith, declaring your faith is very, very important. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 21, 21, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also say, if you say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, it will be done. There is a powerful aspect of your faith that you need to understand that is a declaration. But it's not just a declaration. It's not just words. You can't just say, all my faith is wrapped up into my words. Faith cannot be verbal only. It has to be action, even though as powerful as your declaration. Let me back it up with scripture. Abraham was not just all about declaration. Our father of faith was about action. Look what father Abraham did. Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works? When he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Do you see that faith was working together? Say that with me, together. Together Together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect. You can have gaps in your faith because it's all about talk. It's all about, but you're lacking this very important aspect, and it's works doing in action. And it goes on to say, and the scripture was fulfilled, uh, which says Abraham believed, which is very important. You should believe God. It was counted to him for righteousness, uh, and he was called the friend of God. I like, to, I like to term it this way. The totality of your faith or your perfect faith or your complete faith is not just one element. First of all, we'll start with C's. The conception of your faith is confession. You're conceived by your confession. All of a sudden, you believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So, very important, your confession. B, we believe. We want to believe, but if you just, if, if, if all you ever do is declare and confess and believe, but you miss the A's, you're missing it. You don't walk in the totality. You don't walk in the, the perfection of your... I'm not talking about you being perfected. I'm talking about your faith being for perfected. And what that is, A's is action. Say that with me, action. action. Okay? You can't just... What is it called? 
blab it and grab it? Is that what it is? It's, that's why it so, sounds so strange. You don't just blab it and grab it. I mean, you got to have... You, your works should be alive because you have a living faith and a living God that lives inside of you. Your faith can all can, can it, it can also be just a mental awareness. Like I just have faith in my mind and you know I just talk about no God He's our creator, and because he's our creator, everything around us was creator. He's our savior. He's our healer, our provider, our restorer. He's loving, so forth and so on. And all those are verbs. Are you, are you following me? Okay? You know God for who he is, and who he is is what he does. See, lay on that. Just to, just meditate on that for it. Just you honestly know God for what He does, and what He does is who He is. Guess who's the Creator? God. How do we know He's created? Because creation. How do I know that He's love? Because He first loved me, laid His life down for me. How do I know He's healer? Because He first healed me. Are, are you following me? Okay. So even. Our great example, God, is all about works and in action and verb. It's happening because that's who God is. If you never share your faith, ever share your... I've been around folks that just wonderful people, loving people, faithful to come on church. But I, I've taught Lostology class and I had one gentleman, he says, I've never shared my faith before. Well, first of all, I was happy that he was in the class because the class is all about learning to share your faith and, and how Jesus, it was very easy for Jesus to get a conversation going. It wasn't hard. He's at a well. Guess what he'll talk about? I'll talk about water, right? That's how Jesus was. He, he get a conversation going with anybody at any time, right? In order to swing it around for an eternal conversation, living water, this water you drink. Are, are you, that's not what I'm preaching on today. But my point here is that he knew how to get a conversation going in order for people's lives to be absolutely changed. And so check this out. If you don't ever share your faith, is it because your faith is now dead? Or maybe it's because of fear. But God wants you to work through all of those things. He wants to he wants to liven your faith again. He wants to breathe upon your faith again that everyone at Heart of the City Church, we are actually operating in a powerful living faith. Are you with me? You can't just come to church on Sunday and never do anything else. That's just not the way Jesus planned it. It's called the Great Commission. We go into all the world, every one of us, reaching people for Jesus Christ. If you never pray... Is it because, is it, is it a reflection of your faith? James says this, listen to this, James 2.26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. My prayer this morning is that the Holy Spirit would convict you in these areas. Because if he doesn't, nothing really changes. I think his word comes to convict us, to transform us, to renew us, to regenerate us, and to change us. 
I can't always say, well, I was just just raised this way, and this is my personality, just who I am. Your personality and who you are now is you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am to be like Christ, not Mikey. Are you following me? People should be able to look at you and I and go, I I honestly don't want to call myself a Christian any longer. Why? Because I I think, well, I don't know if I'm always Christ-like. And if, if people want to call me a Christian, so be it. That's okay. But I feel a little arrogant sometimes. Oh, I'm a Christian. Because I don't always feel like Christ. But I am a follower of Jesus. I'm a straight-up radical, crazy follower of Jesus. And I hope his word and his spirit convicts me and brings change in my life. I was convicted whenever I was writing this sermon. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because all of a sudden, I was in the four-year... I'll I'll get to that one in just a few minutes. I'll I'll get back to that one. You can tell Jesus all day long or a friend all day long that you have great faith, but unless your faith does something, unless your faith has motion, action, works, I got news for you, saint. If your faith has no motion to it, it doesn't do anything, the Bible says very simply, your faith is dead. Are you with me? Now, I didn't say that. James said that. Brother of Jesus. Now, I say it because I believe it. And I don't want my faith to be dead, but I don't want your faith to be dead. In this same chapter, he also talks about another attitude that we can have. This is where I got really convicted. I think it was last weekend or the weekend before. The loving faith of our Lord is not partial or prejudiced. It's not partial nor prejudiced. Listen to what the Bible says. James 2.1. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Say that with me, partiality. Let's talk about that for a minute. Unbiased favoritism. Listen to, what it, listen to what kind of the definition of it is. Go with me for a minute. The fault of one who, when called on to give judgment, has respect of the outer circumstances of a man and not to their intrinsic merits and so prefers as the more worthy one who is rich, high-born, or powerful to another who does not have these qualities, partiality. Let me break it down for you. You respect someone because they're poor, rich, or middle class. You show partiality to them. Or because of their color. You're, you're partial to them because they're black, white. I'm, I call myself tan. I'm kind of tannish. You might be a little whitish, or you may be a little blackish, or you may be a little brownish. Whatever color, you may be a little yellowish. But whatever color you are, if you're showing partiality to someone because they're against you or they're not like you, the Bible has some pretty uh, 
pretty convicting words about that. There's an there's a old song. It goes something like this. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. R-E-S-C-T. Say it with me. Hey, it's kind of, it's a tongue twister. It's a tongue twister. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Tell me what that means to me. Are you supposed to only, are you, are you supposed to only respect white rich folk? No. Are you just to respect white poor folk? Black rich, rich folk? No, no. And, and, and look at me. I ain't talking at all about what goes on at D.C. I could care less sometimes. I'm talking about the Bible and the book of James. I'm not talking about what's out in the world. I'm talking about what's in the word of God. If you, if you have someone that comes in with nasty old ratty jeans that smells and so forth and so on and you're just like whoa stay away from me versus that someone's jeet up from the feet up drenched in cologne and gold and you're like sit next to me or because they're popular you only hang out with the popular or the good looking or the well-dressed or the rich but you separate yourself from the other the bible calls that partiality and I was convicted to the core the other day. I was in the foyer and I was paying attention to one person and this other person with some, with some struggles. And I've been studying this. I was like, no, 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 wait a minute. I got to talk to this person over there. And I went over and talked to the other person because I, I got to work on that myself. Because what the Bible says, let me tell you what the Bible says about that. Uh, it, 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 listen to this. For if you should come into your assembly, a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and you say to him, you sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here by my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves? And listen to this. And have become judges, listen to this, with evil thoughts. No, there's nobody in this room want to say, well, I just have evil partiality thoughts. But I guarantee you, you've had them before. How many of you are guilty? Every stinking one of us. Every one of us. Look what on James says. He says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. Yes, we do do well when we love God with all of our heart and our neighbor as ourselves. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as a transgressor. Remember Samuel? Samuel was to anoint the next king. He goes there, he gets... Uh, Jesse, Jesse, bring out your sons. And he immediately goes to Eliab. Eliab, tall, dark, and handsome. Oldest dude, obvious you, you're the man. You know what Jesus does? God stops him right there. Hey, you know what, Samuel? You look on the appearance of man. Listen to me. Every person in this room is guilty of that. 
we look on the appearance just like Samuel. He's not the one. He's not the one called. He's not the chosen one. Hey, hey, Jesse, do you have any, anyone else? Yeah, yeah, I got this little snotty-nosed young man, kid out there taking care of the sheep. Go get him. Go get him. David, boy, he anoints him because why? God looks upon the heart of man and not on the appearance. David was a man after God's own heart. God has the ability to look upon hearts and we don't. But be careful judging everyone just on the appearance. Be careful of partiality. Be careful of prejudice. No, I wouldn't say just be careful. I would say, hey, let's do everything we can do to stop that. Amen. No partiality and no prejudice in heart of the city church, not because the White House says it or because of a group of people says it. Do it because the Word of God says it. Are you with me? Amen. So I wanted to do this today. Right where you sit is your altar. Because I know good and well, every person in this room, like myself, are guilty. We're guilty of prejudice. We're guilty of partiality. J-O-U judging me. I'm not judging you. I just know it's a fact. Why? Because you're human. We haven't been perfected. We've all had these wrong, evil thoughts before. And I want to take a moment, think about what I've shared today. Think about the Word of God. Two areas, your faith, repent of dead faith, and repent of partiality and prejudice and let the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts right now. Allow the Holy Spirit. Don't resist. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Allow him to deal with your heart right now. Amen? Amen. Right now.